0: AWRI Decanted, a podcast from the Australian Wine Research Institute, where wine scientists reveal their latest discoveries and how they're being used by grape growers and winemakers.
1: A term often used to describe certain Shirazes is peppery. Some winemakers want it, some try to avoid it. How though can either of those outcomes be achieved? It comes down to an elusive and extremely potent compound, and one of the researchers who has literally been applying forensic skills to track it down is AWRI senior scientist Sheridan Barter, and she joins me in the AWRI decanted studio. Sheridan, thanks for your time. Thanks for having me, Drew. Sheridan, I understand you grew up around grapes, but you ended up literally on a forensic path and now you're back in grapes. I'm a little confused.
0: (laughs) You're right, you're right. Um, Yeah, I grew up in the Barossa, born and bred, so Dad always worked in wineries. He still does after 45 vintages now. I did the wine studies course at Neary High, which I think is quite unique to the Barossa. I don't think there's too many places outside of the Barossa where you can do something like that, and did what most Barossa kids do and worked a couple of vintages in my gap year. So I worked at Penfolds in Neary, and then did another vintage in California at Kendall Jackson but I really was always fascinated with forensic science so I went to Flinders to study that and soon realized that it's not as glamorous and exciting as it is on TV but all the machinery and all the methods that you use in forensic science are actually applicable to a really wide range of fields so while I was there we did a tour of a few different labs around Adelaide and Along that track, we stopped at AWRI and things kind of clicked into place for me there. So it was always top of my list. There was a couple of jobs that came available not long after I finished and I was lucky enough to get one of those 10 years ago now. So time has flown quickly.
1: So a forensic science background, does mm-hmm. that actually help in terms of, you know, the endeavour of tracking down bits and pieces in what you were doing or am I influenced too much by CSI TV shows? <laughs>
0: No, you're right. It is very analytical. It's very attention to detail um, and looking for the tiniest things possible. So, you, yeah, you're not wrong there.
1: Sheridan, tracking down the tiniest possible elements has been really crucial in terms of your work with working out the spicy black pepper characteristic that's common in red wines. This is caused by a compound. What's the compound called? It's called
0: rotundone and it was first identified by AWI researchers. Um, It was before my time actually. I'm definitely standing on the shoulders of giants because it was an incredible discovery. It's really potent.
1: Well, it is really potent, and we'll get to that in a moment, but what does Rotundin do?
0: It creates that beautiful black pepper aroma and flavour. We most often see it in Shiraz, so cool climate Shiraz wines in Australia have that typical peppery flavour.
1: How does this flavour actually get into the wine, though?
0: Right, so it's formed in the grapes. Um, It's formed really, really late in the season, so it's really... Those cool climate regions that we see it. So regions where they have that long, slow ripening period right into late March, early April, that's when the biosynthesis starts happening. So the grapes that are harvested before that, we rarely see any pepper, but those cool climate regions, we find it. And When the grapes are picked and they're crushed, only a little bit of that rotundone actually comes out into the juice. So it really likes the grape skins. So with white wines at this point, this is where the grape skins are removed, they're not fermented on the skin. So we don't see a lot of pepper in white wines. But with red wines that are fermented on skins, once there's a little bit of ethanol formed, that actually helps extract some of that rotundone. From the grape skins and um, we start seeing peppery wines but even then only about 10 percent of that um, rotundone is ever actually extracted and it doesn't seem to matter what sort of wine making practices we use so different yeasts enzymes times and temperatures none of that seems to make a difference on how much rotundone we get out of those skins
1: we'll drill down into that a little bit further in a moment but in terms mm-hmm. of the consumer the other elusive factor about this is I understand not everyone can sense that characteristic.
0: Yeah, that's right. So we all have anosmia. So that means there are things that we can't smell or taste. So it comes down to which receptors we're born with. It's not something that you can learn or practice. So that one in five people can't actually smell or taste rotundone in wine. And I've shown a lot of Rotundone samples to people and the ones that can't smell it, they get really mad at me sometimes because they can smell and taste black pepper and they think I'm lying to them or tricking them. But just like wine, there are hundreds of different compounds in pepper that are making up that overall flavour. But Rotundone is the only compound in wine that tastes and smells
1: peppery. This is a really tiny amount that goes in that people pick it up can you give me an insight of how little amount of rotundone is needed to give it that characteristic
0: yeah so for most people we only need eight parts per trillion in water or a little bit more in wine because there's more going on so it needs to be a bit of a higher concentration to detect it so 16 parts per trillion so that's kind of a mind-boggling number of zeros there, but one way we try to explain it is if you had an Olympic-sized swimming pool and you put one drop of uh, rotundone in there, that water would taste peppery.
1: That's a phenomenal bit of imagery in terms of how potent this is and also I guess how elusive it is
0: yeah so when they first discovered it the instruments we were using weren't as sensitive as our noses so they had to combine the instrumentation that we had and they actually had to start using their noses to try and detect it so it's a technique called gas chromatography olfactometry so you separate out all the compounds and then you sit at the end and smell it and so that's how they're able to find it
1: you said it's Shiraz where you commonly find this. Is, is this from particular regions as well, or is it widely spread?
0: Yeah, it can be found all over the world and in a lot of different varieties but it is specifically in wines that are made from grapes that are grown in those cool climate regions, the ones that have had that really long, slow, mild summers and cool ripening periods. When we've analysed a lot of different varieties, we tend to see it most in Shiraz. So it's definitely more common in Shiraz than anything else.
1: I understand you're also working on a project to narrow this down a little bit further, and that involves the CSIRO.
0: Yeah, it does. So we've been working with the CSIRO for a few years now, focusing mainly on a particular vineyard out in the Grampians, owned by a winery called Mount Garan. So they've been a huge supporter of us for many, many years. So what we did out in 2012 was actually we focused on one of their vineyards. It's a big, beautiful Shiraz block. It's a bit over six hectares, and it consistently produces peppery wines from year to year. So, with CSIRO, we went out and sampled the grapes from almost 180 different vines across that vineyard and analysed each of them for rotundone, and then were able to produce this beautiful, um, like a heat map of those rotundone concentrations. So, it showed us the areas that were really high in concentration and the areas that were really low in concentration. So, it wasn't random at all. There was actually a really large variation in those rotundone concentrations. So, it's about 15 fold different from the lowest to the highest and it produces beautiful gradient of rotundone across the vineyard so one end was really high and the other end was really low and then we repeated that again and again as we do in science so we did that again in 2013 and 2015. that first year we had really high concentrations it was a wonderful pepper year the highest was over a thousand nanograms per kilo but then in 2013, when we repeated it, it was only a maximum of 37 nanograms per kilo. But that gradient was exactly the same. So those, the highest levels of rotundone were still in those same areas. And the low levels of rotundone were at the opposite end of the vineyard.
1: Well, wow, your forensic science must be coming into play here because this <laughs> sounds like trying to catch smoke for want of a better description, you've found a place, you've worked out that it's consistently occurring there, but it's varying. Have you managed to work out what's causing those variations from season to season?
0: It really comes down to the year. Those cool, wet years produce the highest levels. Within the vineyard, though, we wanted to see if there was anything within there that we could identify as correlating with those rotundone levels so we analyzed a heap of other things we looked at the topography obviously um, different soil chemistry vine vigor things like that and the thing that really stood out as probably being the most influential there may be a number of things that contribute to it but we think that um, the light and maybe the temperature are playing the biggest role so the vines that were at the top of the vineyard that were a bit more exposed getting the most light and maybe a bit warmer had the least amount of rotundone, whereas those vines that were in the most shaded areas had the highest levels of rotundone.
1: It's a really deep dive that you've done into this over a period of time. How can producers use this research? Because it still sounds somewhat elusive.
0: It is very elusive, unfortunately. And unfortunately, the biggest influence is still simply the year and we can't control the weather. So, What we can do is allow the grapes to hang for as long as possible but if it's not a peppery year it's not a peppery year and other than that it's really about planting the vines in the right place to begin with. So that vineyard that we worked on the old block vineyard that produced really peppery grapes we looked at another vineyard just six kilometers away so the same region but it's harvested a few weeks earlier, and it never produces any pepper. So it doesn't exactly depend on the region, but even the position within that region.
1: Six kilometres and that much difference. Yeah. That's quite phenomenal. And I assume you've played with all sorts of variables. Like you you mentioned light there. What about reducing canopy across the top of bunches? Does that make any difference getting rid of leaves?
0: It seems to, yeah. If you want to reduce the amount of pepper, you could try leaf removal. Um, could certainly potentially help.
1: That would reduce it. I thought that would increase it.
0: Yeah. No, so the more shaded it is, the more pepper.
1: At the end of the day, though, nothing in the winemaking process is going to affect this. It really comes down to what's happened in the vineyard.
0: Yeah, that's right. So a few different groups, us and some European researchers have looked at different winemaking practices. The yeast doesn't seem to play a part, different enzymes, times, temperatures, things like that. Nothing seems to help extract any more rotundone.
1: Are you still pursuing this line of research or is it? does it get to a point you go, look, we've worked out X amount of variables and that's the best we're going to get?
0: So our research is all funded in blocks and this particular project for us is coming to a close, but we're always in contact with lots of different researchers around the world. So there's a lot of people working on it. It's always in our background, peripheral vision, so it's definitely something to keep an eye on. If we can collaborate with people, we certainly jump on that. But for now, the project is coming to a close.
1: So Sheridan, if people are looking for wines which have these pepper characteristics what year and what regions should they be looking to for best examples
0: so this year was actually a perfect vintage for rotundone accumulation so we had a really mild summer so i'd be going out into those cool climate regions to places like the grampians adelaide hills canberra orange places like that and trying their latest releases
1: sheridan where can people find out more about the research you've done to this point
0: Yeah, so we've got a um, technical review article out there. There's a fact sheet on the AWRI website and if anyone wants to access our papers, have a look at those pepper maps that we produced, you can just get in contact with the AWRI library and they'd be happy to send out copies of those.
1: AWRI Senior Scientist Sheridan Barter, thank you for joining me in the AWRI decanted studio today.
0: Thank you so much for having me, Drew. The AWRI Decanted podcast is supported by Australia's grape growers and winemakers through their investment agency, Wine Australia, with matching funds from the Australian Government.